can I ask you a question? What are your dreams? I know it's easy as adults to stop dreaming and to let our dreams be buried by the busyness of life. So today we're talking with Katie Messerall. She's a mom, a former teacher, and an Ironman athlete heading to the world championships. And we're discussing her big dreams that have come true and my smaller ones that are still in process. And as we discuss habits and routines in Katie's story, I hope we inspire you to dream again. Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and you're listening to the Hello Mornings podcast, where my goal is to help you to begin and build a life-changing morning routine. Now, each episode of this show is designed to inspire you in one of the three key areas of a great morning routine. Those are God time, plan time, and move time. And if you're not familiar with Hello Mornings, I would love it if you would head over to hellomornings.org to download our three-minute morning routine and watch our mini workshop that explains how you can have an amazing morning routine in just three minutes. All right, let's dive into today's interview with Katie Messerall. Hey, Katie, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast. I am so glad that you could join me today. Thank you for asking me. I'm excited to be here. You know, this kind of came about in a funny way. We saw each other at the Y, and I've seen you there before coming out of your swimming things. And I had just pulled a muscle in a different ac- athletic activity. And I told my son, I go to the gym with my son, and I was like, hey, buddy, I'm going to do the treadmill today. And I'm just going to kind of walk and take it really. So I was going like one mile an hour walking on the treadmill. So then the joke later was, the day that I'm walking one mile an hour on the treadmill is the day <laughs> that, you know, the woman in Waco going to the Ironman World Championships comes over and chats with me. <laughs> and I'm like, there's some there's some humility right there. But I'm so glad you did because I've been so curious about your story. I've loved following you on Instagram and um, I'm excited. You know, in normal life, you don't get to just sit and grill people. And so I love having a podcast because I just want to hear all about the journey that you've been on and how it's impacted you and what you've learned from it. So to get everybody on the same page, just tell us a quick intro to who Katie Messerall is. I'm Katie Messerall and I am a wife and a mother and live in Waco, Texas. And it's been a very incredible journey through to Ironman, but I have a nine-year-old daughter and 11-year-old son. I work full-time between two different jobs. I have the most amazing supportive husband in the world, and he helps me achieve all these crazy dreams that I come up with. So um, that's basically where I am right now. I love it so much. And that's really a thing that I've been passionate about lately, just inspiring women to pursue crazy dreams. And I love people like you that are willing to step out on the dance floor first when nobody's dancing and, (laughs) and do things that seem a little bit crazy. So what I'd love to do is just kind of go back to the beginning. So were you born running marathons and swimming or (laughs) what, what has this journey been like? Have you always been athletic? How did you get started? Um, Well, I got started, I was on swim team when I was young. So I do have a a small swimming background, but not crazy long, like just through junior high. But I'm one of those weirdos that you meet that like enjoys running. Like I like to run. Um, And so I started with that really in high school on the track team. I was a sprinter and then got more into long distance running. Um, In college, I went to Baylor 
Um, and so I would run longer distances then. Um, and then really early married life, I really got into half marathons and full marathons. So running is my happy place. I love it. I've done it to stay in shape, but I've also done it to just have a stress reliever. Like I do, I enjoy going out. I come back a happier person after I've done my runs. So running was really where I started most of my athletic career for lack of a better term. And then I got into triathlon in 2018. So that I didn't actually start in triathlon until 2018. So I was mostly just running and that was basically what I did and I loved it. And then, and then my world transitioned to triathlon. Was there a significant moment, a significant person? Because, you know, running is one thing. It's another thing. Hey, I'm going to jump into a cold body of water, <laughs> swim it, run or bike and then run. I mean, it's just a, it's just another level. So I'd love to hear, you know, and especially so then 2018, if I do a little math in my head, you're mid little kid right in there. And so yes. that's not a normal new hobby for a young mom. <laughs> so what what happened in there? So what happened was the Lord brought us to Waco is what happened. So we, my husband and I met at Baylor and then we lived in spring in the Woodlands area in Houston for about 10 years. And there was actually some people at our church there that did triathlon. And I was always like, y'all are crazy. Like, how do you, how do you do all three of those sports? Like I just focus on my running. So I had heard about triathlon then. Um, and actually funny story, this is totally the Lord too. So the very first date that my husband and I went on after having our son, the very first one, we went to the woodlands to the waterway and we were going to have dinner. And it was when the, when Ironman was going on and it fin- we were sat at the finish line at Ironman eating and drinking and chatting. And we're like, these people are insane. So that was actually the first Ironman I ever saw completed. Um, and wait, so you weren't even random. there on purpose. You no, you were just no. randomly eating. Wow. We went, to, okay. we went to a sushi restaurant that we liked that was right there at the finish line at this like waterway. It's Ironman, Texas. And you would, they cross right there. There's all these restaurants and, and movie theaters and stuff. And it was like this main drag through there. And we were sitting like right there and they're calling the names and telling them they're Ironman. And my husband and I are like, these people are crazy <laughs> as we're eating our sushi. <laughs> little um, foreshadowing so that- there. Yeah, like now we look back on that and we laugh, but then the Lord opened up some amazing doors for us to move back to Waco in 2015, and I was um, a teacher, and he started working for a company called the Behringer Group that um, owns Bicycle World, a Waco running company, Um, and so we started getting into more of this biking, and and I was still running, Um, and so then a lot of the people in that world were also triathletes. Tri Waco was coming up in July. And I just said to my husband, I said, I think I'm just going to try and do it. And he was like, yeah, do it, go for it. And it was a sprint. So it was real, real short. So real short swim, kind of just across the river. And then real, real short, short for Katie. <laughs> just throw that in there for everybody listening. <laughs> um, and then it was a 12 mile bike ride and a 5k run. And so I was like, I can do this. So I did it on a road bike and swimsuit and some tri gear. And, and I, I was hooked. Like I was just massively hooked. I was like, I loved it. This was so much fun. It pushed me to a level that, and even just for that sprint that I just, I loved it. It was like the next level of endurance for me. And so that was kind of the initial hook was just that short distance and really just because of who God had brought into our lives at that point and supporting it through Cody's job. Um, And so, yeah, that was, that was really my first kind of jump into triathlon. That's so interesting to me, just the idea of the people that you were surrounded by. So you met people that did triathlons and so you're like, hmm, I can do this. And then you did it. And and 
I think so much about kind of who I follow on Instagram and how it shapes what I think about during the day. Uh, so I just think that's super fascinating. So that's one jump. Right. But then it's it's another jump to be a mom of young kids, to be working in education, which is, you know, a full time plus 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 job. Mm -hmm. When did you start thinking, hey, I could be really good at this or I'm going to try to be really good at this? Did you have some proof of concept first or did you just decide? Um, I think that the proof of concept was that I really enjoyed that first sprint. And at that point I was like, I, I, I walked away feeling fresh and I was like, oh, I feel like I should probably be tired. So I don't think I pushed hard enough. So that in me was the competitiveness came out big time. And I was like, I can push harder next time. I can push harder next time. So I think that was kind of like my own competitive edge against myself that made me really want to start pushing it to another level. Um, but like I said, having the support in my husband that I have, like he, is so like he he wants me to dream the big dreams and go for it and that's one special thing about our relationship is when i do go to him that i'm signing up for these races like he's all in with me and whatever that looks like um so he was super supportive I mean, early mornings late nights whatever that looked like to kind of start down that road um and so i did that triathlon in um in July of 2018. And then I signed up for another one, which was a little bit longer. It was Olympic distance uh, in September of 2018. And I liked it and I did well there. Um, not, I wasn't podium. I wasn't like competitive, competitive, but I liked it. Um, and at that point we kind of sat down and we decided that I was enjoying this. And so we started putting more time and energy into my equipment and my gear, uh, which plays a massive role in how you perform on race day. Um, and then my big race was I signed up for Ironman Waco 70.3. So that was my first half Ironman in 2018, but it was when the swim got canceled. So we only biked and ran because there was so much rain like the river was crazy, like rushing down the river. And so they, they caught, they cut the swim. So I only biked and ran that year. So that was like my first race year was I just slowly built each race. Um, was that disappointing distance. when they canceled the swim? I was, uh, yeah. Cause I was like, in my brain, I was like, this is it. I'm done. Like, I'm just going to do this when I, this will probably be the farthest that I go. I would probably not do this again. So when they cut it, then I was like, well, I guess I got to do it again. <laughs> so yes, I was extremely disappointed because at that point we had sacrificed so much time and energy and family time for me to be able to do this and to not be able to see it through was definitely a disappointment mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Do you ever feel um, fearful? Like I'm putting all this into it. Um, my friends are watching. My husband is supporting me. He's sacrificed so much. My kids are watching me. I don't want to fail. Does that thought ever cross your mind? And how do you, how do you deal with that? Yes, I have severe imposter syndrome. Like I'm waiting for everybody to wake up and be like, what are you doing here? Like, yes, every single race before I come to the start line, I have that fear of, um, can I do this? Can I make this happen? Did I do enough work? Do I belong? Yes, I, uh, 100% have that for sure. Um, when those times hit, um, I talk a lot to my husband, my coach about that. We talk about how I'm feeling and the anxiety of race day. Um, but a lot of it is for me, I do what I call like tracing God's hand of faithfulness over my life. And I don't believe that he's bringing me through obstacles and training and time 
to not help me be successful, whatever that looks like on race day. Like there's always a takeaway. Even if you don't finish a race, there's still something that you're learning from that opportunity to race and to um, get to that start line. Um, and so I, I look back to where I started, even just running half marathons and full marathons. And the Lord has helped me like it's such a sweet time that I get to spend with him, even on the bike. I mean, I'm on the bike for a full Ironman for five and a half hours. Right. And so it's just a time that I try to be really intentional with, um, praying and, and just remembering how far he's brought me in that moment. And so extending grace towards myself and then having the conversation with my husband and my coach about extending grace towards myself. Um, but I'm doing that every single race, like every single time you come to the start line, you have that feeling. Do you ever have that feeling in the middle of a race or are you pretty much just focused on finishing once you start? Just focused on finishing. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, I'm here. I've done it. I've, I've swam this distance before in practice. I've ridden this distance in practice. I've run this distance in practice. I can do it. Um, and so you do kind of get into that mental zone. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a race yet. And I mean, I still hopefully have many more races in me, but I haven't had one yet where I'm like, I'm going to walk off. I'm done. Like I'm going to call it where I've had to really battle through that. I mean, I can't say it won't happen because it could, but as of right now, I haven't gotten to that place yet. I love that. Um, so take us into a day in the life of Katie Messerall. Like what if you if you are training for something where you're going to be on a bike longer than most moms of young children sleep? <laughs> what how do you train for that? What is it? What does it look like for you? Um, well, it really it depends on the race and the time of year and what's going on. So for like Ironman Waco that I just competed in, um, I have the most amazing coach in the entire world. She's fabulous and she helps me build my schedule and she sets up my workouts for me. So really every day is a little bit different based on my training load and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, so that being said, Mondays are usually recovery days for me where it's swimming, uh, a lighter swim, and then lots of mobility work and stretching. Tuesday, I'll do a real intensive shorter bike ride. Um, I have a whole setup here at my house that I can put my bike on what I call a trainer. It's a kicker trainer and it's actually my bike that's on the trainer. And then there's workouts that I do um, that go along with it. So I'm on my bike riding at my house and then Wednesday will be a kind of an interval run and then a swim Thursday will be a longer ride, like maybe an hour and a half. And then um, usually I'll do some sort of strength on Thursday. Friday is my big long swim and a short run. And then Saturday are is typically a big ride. So three, four, five hour bike ride, and then a short run. And then Sunday is typically a big, huge run. So 12, 13, 15, 18 mile run on Sunday. Um, so what I do is my coach unlocks my week of, of um, training and I sit down with Cody. When I was working full time as an educator, uh, we would talk about which mornings I would go to the Y and swim and he would take the kids to school for me. Um, or there's times that I was just getting up and getting on my bike from four to five 30 so I could get dressed and then get ready for the day. And then what does it look like in the afternoon for me to get my run done? Sometimes it was after the kids went to bed. Sometimes it was right when we got home and they would get their homework done and I'd get my run in and then, um, make dinner and we'd have our evening, uh, Saturdays. I usually would get up crazy early. I have a group that I ride with and we would go out and start riding by six. So I'm home by lunchtime. So Cody would be home getting breakfast for the kids and getting stuff going. And then I'd be home for the afternoons. Sunday is I run a track workout 
we'd go to church and then I'd come home and do my big run in the afternoon. So it kind of just depends on the week and the day, but it was a lot of communication with me and my husband to make sure that we could fit everything all in. So it is very much a team effort yes. to make this happen. Yes. Especially if you're going to do this and you have kids, you it's, you have to make sure that you're fitting it into their schedule um, and their activities. And we do have very active kids. And so they have after school things that they're doing. So it was, it was a lot of good communication between the two of us to make sure that I could get everything in. Also, we also, it's, it's a season, right? So those would be big training blocks that I would have July, August, September, part of October, but, but now I'm in off season. And so my workouts are intensive, but they're a lot shorter. And so I can get things done easier. And we know that that off season's coming. And so if you know that, then it can hurt for that little while. And it can be that tiring for a little while if you know that the rest is coming. Yeah. Take us into what those conversations look like, because I know that we have a lot of listeners who are in that same young season or you know, just some sort of busy season with their family. And in order to make any kind of fitness happening, whether it's a daily walk or a yoga practice or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. they need to communicate with the spouse to you know balance that and to, to take turns watching the kids, taking the kids to school. So a lot of times i think especially as women we have a hard time asking for help and so i love how one your husband is such a part of this and two you have a coach obviously to get to this level you need a coach but i think um just as regular everyday women we don't want to ask for help and so i'd love to hear just a little bit how do you have that conversation with your husband this is my dream but i'd love you to help me with it you know how how do you how do you ask for help Um, That's a great question. Uh, I think that we've been doing this together for so long now, like since 2018, it feels very natural. So I kind of have to go back in my brain to some of those beginning conversations. And also he is very excited. Like he enjoys seeing me race and that race days are really fun thing at our house. There's traditions that we have on race morning. Like my kids always get special donuts and special breakfast. Like we have things to make that really fun. So we try to keep mom's race day, really, really fun and engaging for everybody. So um, he knows that helping me get to that point and get to those fun race days, there's a lot involved. So I think laying the groundwork of making it a family event is great. So young moms that are wanting to do a 5k, they're wanting to do a 10k, um, making that a family event really brings everybody in. We try to bring family into our training as much as possible. Um, so really what I would do is I pull up my schedule and I'm still very much a, a hands-on planner. So I have like literally my planner that I carry with me. Like it's not, I'm not tech savvy with that stuff. So I have my planner and I open it up and we, we literally just sit there and we look at the week and we're like, okay, you know, Monday, I need to get this swim in. Can you take the kids? And he'll look at his schedule. Like, yep, I don't have a meeting early. I can take the kids so you can get your swim done. Um, And then we kind of just tag team for the week. He's got soccer practice this week. I've got dance practice this week. Um, Who's taking Hayden to church on Wednesday night? Who's picking him up on Wednesday night? So we really just have that schedule written out that we sit down and we go through to make sure I can get it all done. And then it's the same thing for Saturday. There was times we had soccer games early. So we would talk that through and we'd be like, okay, it's a nine o'clock soccer game. We'll take my bike to soccer the game and then I'll leave from there and go ride. So a lot of it was just sitting down with his schedule and my schedule and making sure that it was equitable in the way that we were dividing out our time but also knowing that I, I had to get some key workouts in in order to be successful for this big event that's coming up. Um, and so 
him knowing that and being bought into that, I really think is kind of the biggest part of working together as a team to make that happen. Do you ever have a workout planned and you're like, mm, no, I don't feel yeah. like this. <laughs> how do you, how do you push through that? Um, I do have those. Um, the way that I push that is number one, I have a coach and the accountability of a coach mm -hmm. is massive. Um, I'm also a coach. So I have about 25 athletes um, that I communicate with on a daily basis. And there's some days that they're just like, I don't have it in me. Um, usually I found that if I just get out and start, then my body will want to finish the workout. So sometimes it's a mind over matter. Sometimes you listen to your body and if your body is telling you, you don't have it in you today, then you don't, you don't push it. Maybe you're getting sick. Um, maybe the workout the day before took more out than you thought. Maybe you didn't have enough calories. So you still have to listen to that. The other part of me, and this is the competitive part, and I don't know if this is great, but in my brain, somebody else in my age group is getting up in their training. And so they're going to have the training day and I'm not going to have the training day. I need to go in and put that work in the swim. I need to get on this bike. I need to push through this run. So the little competitive edge of me uh, sometimes takes over. <laughs> have you always been a very self-disciplined person or has this been something that's come along with the running and the triathlons? I've always been pretty self-disciplined. I'm very goal-oriented type A personality. So yes, it's it's that part has come pretty easy. So, okay, when, I feel like I talked to you about so many things and so many different tangents, but I love what you were talking about, I, how sometimes you don't feel like working out because you didn't have enough calories. And so in Hello Mornings, uh, we were talking a lot about movement and just exercising more, whether it's parking farther away at the, at the grocery store or whatever. Uh, and I think a lot of times we separate the different aspects of our life and we think, oh, eating, it's kind of like entertainment. And, mm -hmm. and until you work on your fitness until you pursue an athletic goal, you forget how vital our nutrition is to how we feel and how it impacts us. So tell us a little bit about that because there might be the woman listening who's like, yeah, I just typically don't feel like working out in the morning. Or I don't, sometimes I'm just tired. How does nutrition play into our willingness to work out? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's one that I struggled with a lot. So nutrition and what we call fueling in the endurance sports world, we call it fueling your body. Um, that is kind of the fourth discipline of triathlon. So you have your swim, run, bike, but if you're not fueling, you're not going to swim, run, bike. So you have to make sure that the calories that you're taking in are going to fuel either the workout you're about to do or the workout you're going to do the next day. Um, and so we're very intentional and I'm very intentional with my own athletes. Like I will ask them, like we, you have to have transparency in this nutrition world. What are you taking in? How much are you taking in? Um, and then, um, the, and then, cause you're burning that off so much and so quickly that your body will shut down on you if you haven't had the proper nutrition. So it is all so linked together, even on race day, if you're not taking in enough on the bike, you're not going to have a good run. So you have got to be taking care of your body and fueling and recovering. If you want it to perform the way that it should in practice, but then also on race day. Um, so I think as moms, and I know like the ladies that I coach right now with endurance sports, and we talk about dropping weight and dropping calories and cutting calories. Well, in 
endurance athletes, like you can't, you have to be taking in, you have to be mindful of what you're taking in. Um, and so we don't do restrictive diets. Um, I also, you don't do a workout fasted. Like you do not go work out without first giving your body something to burn, like give it something, take care of it. And it's going to respond. So nutrition is a massive thing that we walk through, especially with female athletes, honestly, because we do have this no carbs and low fat and all that. But if you cut that, your body's not going to respond. And that's not the way that we were created to live. And so it's just so much more rewarding. And the athletes that do then start upping the calories and taking the advice, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And it's like, yes, as you will, that's, you should, that's how you should feel. So it's, it, it's actually kind of this hidden little issue that we do talk about with uh, endurance sports a lot. Well, and I just love that so much because I think it, it really just, we disconnect that so often thinking about our eating. And so we think about, especially just everyday regular women, we think about dieting or restricting or doing any of these special things yep. instead of thinking about it as fuel for what we can do. And when you begin to exercise or have some sort of athletic pursuit, you connect the two. I'm like, oh, I ate this and I performed so much better. I mm -hmm. ate this and I had so much more energy. And it just gives a different purpose to eating and takes your mind off of, you know, just a lot of the restrictions, a lot of the, um, I think the challenges that people have uh, about food and diet and all that when you realize, oh, this is like putting gasoline in my car and I need to pick the right kind to Absolutely. help me go, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another one, recovery. I think another thing that we often do is especially maybe moms is we think, oh, well, I'm just going to, I have to go to bed late because I finally got the kids to bed and then I need to get up early and we forget that we actually need sleep in order to operate. And there may be a reason why we're grumpy the next day, or we don't have energy to do the things we want to do the next day because we don't take time for recovery. But again, uh, when you're pursuing some sort of athletic goal, you recognize, oh, recovery is as much a part of growing as an athlete as training is. Um, so tell us a little bit about what recovery looks like for something like being a triathlete. Yeah, that's good. And I, I agree, whether you're looking at a 5k or a 10k, or you're wanting to start to get into cycling, you have to give your body the chance to rebuild after you've torn it all apart. So wh whatever that looks like, I mean, even just starting out, your body's going to push back and you have to listen to that for sure. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of active recovery, just because it's going to keep your muscles moving. It's going to keep you active. Your body is going to naturally go to the state that you're mostly in. So if you're constantly sitting around or there's, you know, you're, you're starving it. You're, you know, like all, if you're not taking care of it, you're not recovering, your body's going to start storing it. If you're going to be tired, it's, it's not a good situation. So I'm a big fan of active recovery. So mostly my Mondays are recovery Mondays, the way that I think of them. And it's a much, it's a light swim. It's, um, it's lots of mobility. It's lots of stretching. Um, the other thing that I focus on a lot with my own athletes with recovery besides stretching is hydration. So many of us are walking around really dehydrated and that takes a lot of, um, a lot from your body. So you're feeling grumpy, you're feeling tired, you really could be dehydrated. And it's not just water, like I asked them to be taking in electrolytes every day. Um, and so that's a big part of the recovery that I talk about with my athletes is making sure you're eating enough, making sure you're stretching, making sure you're taking some time to relax and hydrate and get your put back in what you've depleted. So um, again, active recovery for me is movement, but it's it's real like, how does my body feel today? 
to respond to that in that moment. We're, we're not going to be the effective moms that we want to be if we're not listening to our bodies and taking care of them. It doesn't mean not pushing them, but it also means letting them have the chance to rebuild once you have pushed them to a certain limit. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting up at sometimes, I don't know if this is in the past that you said the number four, but you yes. said four. Okay. Uh, but I do know that I see you coming out of the gym as I'm going into the gym. <laughs> yeah. So how do you make time for like a morning routine, spending okay. time with God? I'd love to hear a little bit about what that looks like with such a busy life. Yeah, definitely. So that is one thing for me that's a non-negotiable because I am not a good wife and mother and friend if I have not had my time in the word and had some quiet time. Um, and so what that looks like, it depends on the day. So Monday through Friday, I do get up right now. And this is, I've transitioned out of education. I'm working from home um, and I'm coaching. And so it looks a little bit different than a mom who's working outside the home. So I'll just tell you what it looks like now for me. Um, so I get up and I do, I swim from 5.30 to 6.30 every morning. I meet with a swim team that I'm on, an adult swim team I'm on at the Y. So we all swim for an hour and then I come home. I'm at the sweet spot with my kids that I love this stage right now with nine and 11. I can set their alarms on their little Alexas in their room. Um, so at 6.30, their alarms go off and they know from 6.30 to 6.45, that's their time with Jesus. At 6.45, they have another alarm that goes off and so they get up, they can start getting their breakfast and getting themselves dressed. So when I get home from the pool, um, I get cleaned up. We finish breakfast. We talk about what they read that day in the Bible. We are moving through what the day is going to look like. Load up in the car. I drop them off. Um, come home. By that point, my husband's left for work. And that is when I sit down and I take however long I need to, depending on what I'm going through that day, to just sit with the Lord. And um, I'm going through right now, Ellie Holcomb's book, Fighting Words. Yeah. Um, and it has been so impactful for me. So I'm working through that. And then I'll spend some time um, reading. I like to do like a Psalm and then something in the New Testament, usually, and just praying. I have my list of people I'm praying for and things I'm praying about. And so I spend some time doing that. And then come in and clock in and start working. Um, I love that working from home too. I'm also listening to lots of podcasts. I'm a big Jenny Allen fan. So I listen to her stuff and um, sermons throughout the morning and the day. So I have that constantly playing in the background while I'm working, which is really helpful. Um, Saturday and Sunday look a little different because those are bigger workout days usually. So for those, I'll get up early um, and I'm while I'm eating breakfast, I'll spend time with the Lord. No one's up yet. It's it's nice and quiet. I can have my coffee. I can read my Bible. I can pray. And then I can have some time just going over what the day is going to look like and praying about it. And then Sunday, I do the same thing. I'm getting up really early and eating and having the time on my own first before everybody else wakes up. So that's, that's how I've been balancing things since I've been working from home. So it sounds like not even just for you, but for your whole family, you have a lot of habits and routines in place, mm -hmm. like the kid's alarm that goes off and then they know what to do. I know that there's probably a lot of women listening. Our listeners, we have moms, we have retired people, but for the sake of, of your story, and you're a mom right now, yeah, they're probably like, okay, this is magical. How do, your, how do you get your kids <laughs> to wake up and then go through a routine? So tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Um, I have been pretty big with my kids since the beginning, since they were little on independence um, and teaching them to um, do what they need to do and get their list taken care of. I'm a big list person. And so I implemented, I mean, I, they were 
probably kindergarten and second grade, maybe when I created what we call the list and I'd have it on the fridge and they would go through and they would know they wake up, they spend time with Jesus, they get dressed, they eat their breakfast, put their shoes on, brush their teeth and we're out the door. And so really what that looked like a lot of times was once they start getting distracted, I was kind of looking and be like, where are you on the list? And they would be able to go and look at, oh, I still have this to do. And so that was really helpful with just training them to get their own routine down. So now we don't have a list on the fridge or anything anymore. Like they know what they need to do. And again, I know I'm in a sweet spot with nine and 11. Like they can brush their teeth. My daughter can brush her hair. They can get themselves a bowl of cereal. Um, but I started really young with them in, in helping and training them and helping them get their cereal and showing them and having them do it on their own. So I've been pretty intentional from the beginning. Um, I think the big push was in 2019, my husband and I went to Hawaii to actually see the world championships in Kona. We had a Cody's boss was competing there. So it was the first time I got to go to Kona and see all that happen. And my mother-in-law was sweetly coming to stay with her kids. And I was like, oh, I don't, I want things as easy as possible for her. So I really started being intentional that summer in our quiet summer days to be able to help them get that figured out and really build that routine so that when she came, she was like, this is great. Like they know what to do. And I was like, yep, they're ready. So I've just been real intentional from the beginning with them on starting that morning routine early. I love that, not just for you, but for them too, that at such a young age, they're learning the power of habits, of having lists so that you don't have to wonder what to do every step and then make decisions every step of the way. I feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing this. You just follow the list and you can change and adjust the list as needed. And yeah. it not only makes it easier for you, it makes it easier and less emotional in the mornings for them. Yes. And then when somebody needs to come in and help, it makes it easier for them as well. But I'm sure it took a lot of redirecting in the beginning a lot of where, where are you in the list where are yep. you on the list yes there was um, a lot for sure so with all the time sometimes that, that especially the bike takes and running do you ever feel mom guilt not that you should but i'm asking this question because i know that so many moms even to take the time you know, just a 15 minute walk around the block or whatever way that they're wanting to build an exercise routine, they feel guilty about taking that time away from their kids. And I know obviously making race day such a big thing has inspired your kids. You know, it gives them a vision of what they can do because how many kids grow up thinking, oh, I could be an Ironman someday. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they can see, they see that every single day. So um, what, what has been your experience with that? And what would you say yes. to moms who feel that way? I would say it's a hundred percent normal. And if you don't feel that way, I, I mean, every mom will like you do, like every mom does. So we just all need to admit it and know that we, that we feel that way. Um, yes. I also believe that that is definitely the enemy at work for sure, because they're going to come, he's going to come against moms so, so much. And so I think that is a lie because we have got to take care of ourselves um, to be able to pour into others. Right. So you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, and so it's such a real thing to have that mom guilt and it is, it's a struggle and it was definitely a struggle when they were younger more. Um, it's also a struggle when you have kiddos going through, um, just growing up and they start to test things or they're going through challenges and they start having meltdowns. And then you're like, am I training too much? Is this because I'm not around? So you start to question a lot of that, um, 
the way that I handle that is, like I said, I try to bring them into my training as much as possible. So when they were little, I had the double jogging stroller and we went out and I jogged with them with the double jogging stroller and they'd have their snacks and they would talk to me the entire time. I couldn't always talk back because I was like, oh, but they would talk to me and we'd have these great conversations or they would have these great conversations. Um, and then um, I also and I know that I'm, I know there's ladies that are listening that don't that don't maybe have the support of a husband, but I do know that for me, it's been really good for him to have Saturday mornings with them. I have so much time with them, mom to kids. I mean, I'm in the mornings, picking them up after school, chatting with them after school. But those couple hours on Saturday morning when they're hanging out with dad, sometimes they're working on lawn stuff. Sometimes they're sitting watching TV, but it's been a really sweet time for them. And so I try to think of it that way as I'm giving him the chance to get some one-on-one -on -one time with our kids as well, which has been really, really good for them. Um, again, I know that some of the listeners don't have that, but um, giving dads the chance to have some one-on-one -on -one time with them is awesome. I just think that we need to take the time as moms, whether that's a yoga class, whether it's a walk, it's so good to take that time mentally to recharge, to refocus, have some dreams, have some goals. Your kids need to see that. Like, I really do believe they need to see mom reaching for goals and doing whatever it is, whether it's sports or not, what athletics or not, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that the goals that you have, I think we need to make sure that we're focusing on those as well. It's super important. I am hundred percent in agreement on that. And I think I've been passionate lately about women pursuing their dreams at any age. So my current goals, I have two. Um, one sounds silly and I feel like the other one makes up for it. The first one is <laughs> I play the sport called pickleball, dumbest name ever, but it's so fun. I absolutely love it. I grew up playing tennis and so it's a natural transition and doesn't hurt my shoulder as much. And so my goal is to be able to enter, enter a tournament at the 5.0 level, which is like basically like quote unquote pro you're not actually a pro but it just means you can enter a professional level tournament if you hit that level so that's awesome i love that that is so, so that's cool. my that's my goal and then i also do taekwondo with my son so okay. um my goal is to be a black belt by the time i've turned 50 i'm 47 right now so i want to be a 5.0 and a black belt by the time i'm 50. Uh, so those are my kind of my, my kind of two two goals and i feel like the taekwondo balances out the pickleball a little bit in <laughs> cool factor but it's a little uh it's hard to share a goal sometimes publicly what would you say to the woman who's like i kind of want to have some sort of dream or a goal but i feel like i'm too old or I've never been athletic or it's scary to say a big goal out loud. What would you say to her to inspire her to just step out on that dance floor? First of all, I love your goals. I think they're awesome Thanks. and so exciting. And that's, that's so neat. Um, I would say that first of all, I don't think you're ever too old, like go find whatever it is you're passionate about. Technically I'm old in the triathlon world. Like I am like the, the people that are on my team that are going pro are like, I call them the young guns. Right. So, um, but I think that it is so important to find something that you're passionate about. Um, we are called to, to live out the good works that are prepared for us. Right. So we are, I think, instilled with passions and desires and things that we want to do. And I think that if you're not walking those things out, that you're not living the fullest that you were created to live. Mm -hmm. So I think having those big, scary dreams and starting in a direction is 
is absolutely what we were created to do. So um, I, I would say start exploring, figure out what it is that you love, bring your family in on it and, um, and just start walking it out. If you go in a wrong direction, you go in the wrong direction. Like then you pivot and you find something else and you start walking in that direction and see how that works for you. And so I think that it's a constant change, but um, moving towards something that you're passionate about is just going to make, I believe your life that much richer and make you a better mom and a wife and friend having those goals. It's going to bring community that you didn't expect. Mm -hmm. There's going to be so much um, blessing. And I think enrichment in your life that comes from seeking out those dreams and goals um, that it's never too late to start figuring out what that looks like. And I think people like coming around people with goals. I had a friend who just mm -hmm. texted me yesterday and she's like, hey, can I drill with you? Just because she likes that I have a goal of yeah. what I want to do. And, yeah. and I'm like, wait, you just want to, you just want to drill with me? Like, you don't even want to do your own. She's like, I just want to drill with you. And, and I feel like the same <laughs> is true with you, you know, just people who have come alongside you and then come to cheer you on in your races and people who are like, oh yeah, Katie, she does, she does triathlons and just inspired by it, regardless of the, the level of success that we have, or we don't have just stepping out i mean like that's every that's every sport movie ever the whole journey of the unknown right <laughs> it is. like it is. are they gonna make it and that's the most exciting part when you don't know yep. it's gonna happen absolutely i agree so one more thing what would you say to the woman who's like okay i am never ever probably gonna do a 5k i'm probably never gonna do a triathlon i'm i don't really swim you know, but I need to move more, especially after the pandemic. I've just been sitting on my couch and I need to move more, but I don't want to, and I don't really know how. What would you say to that woman? I, I sound so cliche, but I would just say, just start, like pick something like, like walking on a treadmill, right? Like mm -hmm. just walk on a treadmill. The YMCA in, in Waco has so many good classes. I mean, I think, I think it's about, I, not that they don't want to, I think it's about finding what they enjoy, right? So mm -hmm. I enjoy swimming, biking, and running. You have to find what you enjoy. If you don't enjoy swimming, biking, and running, then then don't do it. Like find what you enjoy. Try a couple pickleball classes. Try a couple yoga classes. Try a couple um, uh, Pilates classes. Do, do it. Come swim. Swim a couple laps. See how you feel. I think you have to find what you enjoy to make the movement happen. So if you don't enjoy running a 5K, then don't do it. Like find something that you enjoy and then start to do that, make a schedule and stick with it and do that to make until, you know, until you've continued to take it further and further. But I really think that the biggest thing is finding what you personally enjoy and not making somebody else's dreams or goals your own. You have to find what you want to make you happy for that recharge time as a mom and a wife and a friend. I love that. So maybe it's almost like, imagine you're five and your parents <laughs> are trying to help you find your thing. Yes. And you just keep going to things, signing up for things and trying things yeah. because really exercise and fitness, it's not about exercise and fitness. If you can, it, it becomes easy when it's just fun, when you can mm -hmm. find the play that you like to do. Like I literally love going to pickleball because I see my friends and we can mm -hmm. chat. I get to be athletic and strategic. I love going to Taekwondo because I see my friends yeah. and I get yeah. to spar. So just finding that thing that is fun for you and you just feel like a little kid again then you're not exercising i mean quote unquote Absolutely. exercising that's right uh, and, and you know there's different seasons too though. right right 
for sure. And I think too, that you hit the nail on the head too. Like it becomes about community. Like I didn't love swimming. Like it was one thing I really had to talk myself into doing. I didn't, I didn't love it as much, but now I'm part of a swim team at the YMCA and they keep me accountable and they're fun. And we chat and we, Hey, let's get early and let's get the swim done so we can sit in the hot tub for a little bit. So I think sometimes finding your community with the exercise can also make it not feel like exercise. Um, there's two ladies that walk in my neighborhood and every single morning they're walking together and they're having their coffee and you can tell they're just having a good old time out there walking together, but it's community for them. And I think that when you find your community and your people that it can make most activities a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. And that's even how you got started on the whole journey was finding that community that did, they stretched you a little bit. They challenged you a little bit. Hey, we're doing this. And then you started yep. doing that and look at where it got you. I love it. Yep. Yep. All right. So, okay. This is actually the last question. So I used to run a lot, particularly when my kids were younger and I don't know that I loved running. I just loved being alone <laughs> yep. and I knew nobody was going to follow me. Although I did take my kids for a run <laughs> uh, occasionally. And, and I had one of my children, I won't say which one, cause she uh -oh. listens to this podcast, but, um, or maybe she'll be mad at me later that I didn't say her name, but she would run and she would insist on holding my hand <laughs> the whole time. Oh. So we'd run a mile holding hands, which is actually very hard to do. Yeah. Okay. So in endurance sports, when you just have a lot of time to yourself, mm -hmm. at least I found I learned so much about myself in the process, especially when you have to be like, keep going or go faster. So I'd love to hear what are some key things that God has taught you in this journey of endurance sports? Yeah, that's good. He's taught me so, so much. I think he's taught me discipline for sure. He's taught me like I'm, I'm never alone on that race course. It's one mm -hmm. thing that I pray getting up to the start line is be with me for every kick, which for my swim, for every pedal stroke and, and for every stride on my run. So I truly believe that he's with me every step of the way while I'm racing and while I'm competing. Um, he's also taught me that he had, I am definitely creatively made. It's one thing when I see my body stretch and be pushed to the limits. Um, that's not something that, you know, that just happens. And so mm -hmm. reminding me of his creativity and his creation is pretty amazing. I was actually, side note, I was born with my left hip out of its socket thankfully we had a great doctor. Otherwise I would have walked with a limp or been in a wheelchair. And so the fact that I cross a finish line after doing 140 miles, it's just a reminder yeah. that God was watching through all of that, you know, putting the right doctors in place, even at two days old, right. That I am where I am. And so he's taught me so much about his protection and his provision and just his creativity and the way that he made me and the things that he has for me. I love it. Katie, thank you so much for sharing your journey. I think there's so much we can glean just from, I, I just even love how all of the different routines and things that you put in place make it easier for you to do the things that you want to do without it being a decision every day. Hmm, am I going to run today? Am I going to swim today? <laughs> you have all of those things in place. And you're just very intentional um, with your time. And, and you show us that we can make time for the things that are important to us. So Absolutely. thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and for being on the Hello Mornings podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. So friend, what is your dream? Maybe you've buried them so deep that you don't remember. So my encouragement for you today would be to spend some time dreaming again, 
spend some time praying and asking God to revive the dreams that he put in your heart. And maybe it's too scary to pursue or even share your dream. So I hope today's show inspired you to take one small step toward making your dreams a reality. Over the coming weeks and months, I'll be sharing more inspiration to help you trust God and pursue the dreams he's planted in your heart. So be sure to follow us over on Instagram. We're at Hello Mornings. Now, if you want to learn more about beginning and building a powerful morning routine, just head over to hellomornings.org, download our three-minute morning kit, and it's going to give you everything that you need to get started. Now, if you're enjoying the Hello Mornings podcast, particularly today's episode, I would love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to the show. It helps us out so much and helps other women be inspired. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm just so grateful that you've joined me today. And I hope we've inspired your mornings so that you can begin waking up for your life and not just to your life. I'll see you on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. Is quiet, but I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king, and in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet news. This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.